You're listening to the podcast, So You Want to Be a Writer, with Valerie Koo and Allison Tate. Valerie is an author, journalist, and national director of the Australian Writers Centre, which is one of the world's leading providers of online and classroom courses for people who want to get published and write with confidence. Alison Tate is a freelance writer, blogger, and author of the best-selling series, The Mapmaker Chronicles. She has more than 20 years professional writing experience. Each week, they explore the world of writing, publishing, and blogging to bring you news and opportunities, advice on how to succeed in the world of writing, interviews with top writers, and much more. With students enrolling from all over the world, you can find out more about the Australian Writers' Centre at writerscentre.com.au. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 190 of So You Want to Be a Writer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Alison Tate. How are you, Al? What's happening in the world of our world? Oh, just, you know, getting on. Our world's not that exciting <laughs> a place most of the time. Really? Um, our world is, well, I'm writing, you know, because Writer Book with Al is underway, so that's happening. I guess that's a thing, right? Yes. And um, what else am I doing? Oh, well, here's a bit of excitement. Um, yes. The Book of Secrets, which is the first book in the Adaban Cipher series, which is my new series, and the Book of Secrets is out on the 12th of September. Um, so it got mentioned in the Bookseller and Publisher magazine last, um, the, the current issue of that. So it's one of those situations where, you know, when you start to see it in trade publications, you know it's actually going to happen, you know. Yes. So it starts to get real. Um, so I'm kind of excited about that. Um and I'm very much looking forward to seeing it out there. I'm waiting for reviews, yeah. though. I'm still, you know, until you sort of start to see reviews coming back, you kind of like I just feel like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> right. And when and that's that is that stre- are you stressed out or does that stress you out or? Oh, I don't know. It's a funny feeling, like you know, because you've done everything you can. You can't do anything else now. It's all done and dusted, you know. Um, but it's just because you you write the best possible thing that you can and you work so hard on it to make it into the best possible thing that you can. And then, of course, the other half of the contract is that people read it because that's what mm. that's what writing is essentially. It's a contract with a reader, isn't it? You, you're putting something out there to be read. Um, so then then you have to wait to see what what readers think of it and and hope that they love it as much as you do and that's as that's all you can ask for really is that you know someone loves it as much as you do so yes. I just have to hope that um you know that readers will take um Gabe and all my other characters to their hearts in the same way that they did with Quinn Freeman from the Mapmaker Chronicles. So, you know, it's just a fingers crossed thing because it's new. I mean, I guess, you know, the book four of the Mapmaker Chronicles came out earlier this year, obviously, and and that's kind of scary enough in the sense that mm. that's an ongoing story and, you know, you have to hope that readers will continue to go with you on the journey. But the world is very much established and the characters are very much established. And so you kind of working with players that you, that you already know, and that you know that other, you know, that readers love as well. So there's, there's a certain element of safety in that, but this is, this is brand new and, uh, and it's a, it's a new world and it's new characters. And I kind of have to just hope that readers will, um, will be as happy with them as I am. Fingers crossed. I have no doubt they will. And admittedly, I've only read the first three chapters, but I was hooked, absolutely hooked. I remember <laughs> I emailed you at like 2 a.m. And I have been bugging you, as you know, to give me the rest of the freaking book. Um, so can you hurry up, please? Thanks. 
<laughs> well, I'll do my best with that, okay? <laughs> I will All do right, my well, best, I promise. I have All been right. writing something of a very different nature. Uh, as many people know, I run workshops in how to build your profile but also how to get publicity and how to promote um, yourself and your business. And one of the aspects of that is how to write media releases. And so the next course I am currently writing is on is exactly that, how to write media releases that get results. So that's for people who um, – and, and I know that a lot of freelance writers as well, sometimes mm, the, the lines blur a bit because they're asked by people because they, they meet so many people and some of those people have great experiences with them as writers and they often ask them, look, do you do any copywriting? Do you do any media release writing? So – I know that there's a demand for it from that point of view as well. Uh, but if you're interested in registering your interest, um, then you'll be well, you'll be the first to know when the course is launched. So just go to writercenter.com.au slash media. That's writercenter.com.au slash media and we'll uh, let you in on some pre-launch secrets of this course mm. as well. Mm. So, yes, a little bit different for me. But we want to give a shout-out to – M to moi two four three hashtag moi two four three hashtag is the username, mm-hmm. and moi two four three hashtag love that has kindly left us a review on iTunes, and they have said I enjoy the mix this podcast offers: advice across a range of writing topics, interviews with different authors, and answering specific questions from listeners. Although many podcasts and websites focus on fiction this one has a range of non-fiction author interviews and tips as well many thanks from a non-fiction writer oh Oh, there you go thanks very much moi 243 hashtag absolutely thank you uh we really uh, appreciate it and if any other listeners have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on itunes we'd really be grateful because it certainly helps us in the rankings mm. now moi 243 hashtag reference the fact that we include author interviews and in this particular episode which is a mini-sode which is uh what we drop in between our regular programming because we have so many people saying that they can't wait a week before Mm. they listen to the next episode so that's why we have started these mini-sodes we have a fantastic author interview this week now i just think this is such a great success story tamsin janu is this is her third novel now blossom it's called wow, three yeah third novel oh, and previously she has published figgy in the world and also figgy and the president and the next figgy book is coming out soon as well so it'll be her fourth book as well that uh, that that's uh, that's soon to be released she for for the figgy books they have been oh listed on all of the mm. awards lists she's mm. done so well and her first figgy book actually started on day 2 of the course that she did at the Australian Writers Centre so Tamsin kind of thought, you know, I might give this writing thing a go. She enrolled in a course at the Australian Writers' Centre and before the course even finished, she had the idea for what became the uh, award-winning book, uh, the first book, Figgy in the World. Mm. And so very, very exciting that she's now on her way. This is her third book, as I mentioned, Blossom, and there are another two in the works that are, that are coming up. So let's have a chat with Tamsin Janu. Tamsin, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I am so thrilled for you and so thrilled 
about the third book that you've got released, but there's a fourth one coming out as well. Now, the the latest book, well, just to give people a little, little bit of background, your first book came out and that was Figgy in the World and it won all these awards. It was, <laughs> you know, just such a huge success and was so popular, especially for a first-time author. And you followed that up with the sequel or the second book in the series, uh, Figgy and the President. And... Um, Coming up soon in September will be Figgy Takes the City. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that will be the third in the series. But uh, you also, in the meantime, because you're a very busy woman, you've released (laughs) another book uh, which is not part of the Figgy series and it's called Blossom. Yeah. Now, I've this I have so many questions for you Tamsin because uh you've achieved so much in such a short period of time. And I want to get into you know, your writing process and how you've managed to be so prolific and how you've written such fantastic books. But before we get onto that, let's start with Blossom because that's the one that's out, out now. And um so. it's such a great read. It just hooks you in from the first few pages and so I want to know just for for readers who haven't yet you know got their hands on a book on this book what is it about? Yeah so um, Blossom it's about a 10 year old girl named Lottie who lives in the outer suburbs of Sydney and she one day discovers a little girl on her doorstep um, who she names Blossom and uh, Blossom doesn't speak um, so she can't say like where she's from and she's really obsessed with the flower which she um, carries around everywhere with her so she's a bit of a mysterious little character. Now it is such an unusual premise (laughs) but when you read the book it's completely you know credible and believable but it's such an unusual premise when you just hear it like that right? (laughs) So how in the world did this idea come into your head because it's so unusual? (laughs) Yeah um I don't it was um I lived it sounds a bit weird how it came about but um I was a youth worker in the Northern Territory in um, 2014 and 15. Um, So I lived in a remote community out there and um, I would always have people coming to my door and knocking on my door and it was always a bit of a surprise, Um, (laughs) like when I opened the door, who I would find. (laughs) Um, You know, sometimes there'd be a random group of little kids, um, sometimes adults. Yeah, it was a whole variety of people. Um, So that's really what sparked the idea for the opening scene where kind of Lottie opens the door and Blossom's standing there um, is just that idea of someone coming to a door and, and you not knowing who they are. Um, But then from that, I just kind of, I don't know where it came from. (laughs) You don't know where it came from. (laughs) Just kind of the story kind of went from there and kind of, yeah, the characters developed and, yeah, took me with them. (laughs) That's fantastic. Now, you, as I've mentioned, this is already your third book with the fourth one coming out very soon. So really you're already an experienced author. But I'd like you to take us back to before you'd written anything. Right, and uh, you uh, did you did you always know from a young age that you wanted to be a writer, or, or was it something that came to you when you became an adult and you thought, oh, I might try this writing thing? How did it all form the the the, the desire to be a writer? Yeah, I, I remember from when I was really young, I always liked writing stories. Um, I'm one of six children. I'm the second eldest, so I forced all my younger siblings to, you know, be in my plays a lot. Um, and I, I remember being very young. I had a 
I have an older sister who's very smart and worked really hard. And so she'd win all the awards at school, whereas, you know, I wasn't quite as smart and didn't work quite as hard. So I remember um, whinging to my mum once that I, I didn't win many awards and mum kind of said, but you're creative, like you write good stories. So I remember, you know, holding that with me through kind of um, school. Um, and But then the first time I wrote outside of the school experience was probably like a year after I left school, I just kind of felt like writing and it just started from there um, that I started, yeah, jotting down some stories and, yeah, getting going. <laughs> wow. And so you have done the course at the Australian Writers' Centre, um, Become a Children's Author, which is about writing books for children and young adults, right? Yeah. So what prompted you to do that course? Um, I was just really, I'd probably been writing, I was writing quite a, a, a silly book that I knew wouldn't go anywhere, but I was just having so much fun writing it. Um, and I just wanted to learn more really. Um, I just, yeah, wanted to learn more about the craft and all that kind of thing. Um, but when I got to the course, then I, of course I hadn't really thought about getting published or anything like that. Um, but yeah, the course kind of introduced me to the possibility of getting published, I suppose, and just taught me a lot about things like voice and, you know, where your story is pitched. Um, like I was kind of writing at the time a book that was a bit young adult and a bit middle grade. Um, so, yeah, it kind of showed me, yeah, the different categories of children's literature as well. And I understand that it was just only on the second day of the course that you came up with the idea that eventually became your debut novel, Figgy in the World. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I was a bit early um, to the course on the second day, so I sat in the park. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's when I, I wrote down the first words of um, Figgy in the World. So, yeah, it's kind of funny. It must have sparked something in me that I I kind of, yeah, thought seriously about an idea. <laughs> Now that that book has become so popular and has won so many awards or been shortlisted for so many awards, in case there's some listeners who aren't familiar with it yet, and you know, with the rest of the series, with the third book in the series coming out now, just give us a little bit of a rundown on Figgy and Figgy's world. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, well, Figgy, um, she lives in Ghana, uh, so she lives, um, which is a country in West Africa. She lives lives with her grandma Ama and her cousins. She goes on numerous adventures. Um, the first book involves um, Figgy going on a big trip across Ghana um, to find medicine for her grandma Ama who isn't well. Um, and so, yeah, the second book, Figgy's a couple of years older um, and she goes on some adventures there too. She's trying to find out what she'll be when she grows up and she stars in a movie. <laughs> and then the third book, um, Figgy and her friend, Nana, they're going off um, to school in Ghana's big city, Accra, so they have to leave their home village. Um, so, yeah, it's been nice kind of following Figgy as she kind of grows up. Um, she was eight in the first book and, and now in the third she's turning 12. So, yeah. <laughs> and so when you started, when you sat in the park on the second day of your course <laughs> and you thought of this story about Figgy and you developed it in, in the course – at what point did you think, you know what, I could this I could get this published maybe? Um I I don't I can't really pimp on a time. I um I I just kind of wrote it. It came quite quickly um mm. and the kind of 
yeah, just the story kind of came out quite quickly. Um, and then I kind of decided to send it off to a couple of publishers, kind of the course, you know, I think they'd given us a sheet with like a couple of publishers you could send your first couple of chapters to. Um, and then also at the time, um, Scholastic Omnibus um, was accepting unsolicited submissions and they were accepting the full manuscript. Um, mm. So I posted that off to them. Uh, and then three months later, I got a response and it was a rejection. Um, but it was it, it was Dean Blacklock who used to work at Scholastic Omnibus and she was saying she liked a lot about it, like the voice and um, the premise and the setting. Um, but there are a couple of things that needed work and they were kind of more um, things that more beginner writers, I think, <laughs> all, you know, it's, it's kind of tough things like consistency of voice and, mm. um, you know, the pacing and mm. keeping the writing tight. Um so, yeah, I kind of took that as a challenge and, and I think I had to finish a couple of months of uni exams and <laughs> so I waited till my summer holidays and, and really worked on it hard and, and kind of, yeah, worked on it a lot and then sent it back and they accepted it. So, yeah, it was kind of just, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. kind of quite unexpected that, That's, yeah, it happened like that. <laughs> and then became so successful. So you were studying at uni. Now, what were you studying at uni? I was studying law. Now, ha- have you subsequently um, started a career as a, as a lawyer or have you wanted to write? Well, how, tell us about that balance. Yeah, it's been a bit tricky. Um I've kind of been a bit all over the place. I, when I finished uni, I went off to be a youth worker in the Northern Territory, like I said, for a couple of years. Um, and I've, I've kind of come back and, and now I'm a research assistant at a charity. So I guess I kind of use my um, law background in some ways. Um, but yeah, I haven't gone on to be a full-on lawyer yet. And it's more just because of, of the time. <laughs> um, I've kind of made the decision this year that I, I kind of want to have at least one day a week where I can dedicate to writing. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I was really looking for a part-time job. So you dedicate one day a week to writing and you're (laughs) releasing your fourth book. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. I do bits and pieces on other days too. (laughs) Sure, um, but that's fantastic. So that, uh, oh, let's get into that. Tell me, you must have a really efficient and productive day. How do you structure your writing, regardless of whether it's on that day or when you're doing your bits and pieces? How do you approach your writing? Because obviously you're not a full-time writer. You're only really dedicating one day a week plus your little bits and pieces. How do you structure your writing in order to write all of these books? Yeah, you say it's structured, but it's actually really all over the place. It's <laughs> Go quite, on, just tell I'm me. Trying to become, <laughs> I'm trying to become more structured. Um, I really um, – it is – it's kind of whenever I can grab time mm-hmm. – um, So it's kind of changed as I've moved, you know, to different jobs and everything. It changes how much time I can dedicate. Um, But when I'm really into a story and when I'm really um, enthusiastic about it, I find I can kind of, if I have a day at home, I can kind of dedicate most of the day to just working on that story. Um, So, and I write quite quickly. 
I think. Um, so I can draft a story quite quickly, um, which I think helps. Um, but I think it's just kind of enjoying it, um, helps you to fit it in um, whenever you can. Um, but let's say you're in the middle of writing uh, one of your manuscripts then. Tell me about your yeah. typical day, as in the day that you dedicate to writing. Do you just wake up and get to the computer and go for it or do you have any kind of ritual to get into the zone or do you do you have a word count target or or or, or how, how does that actually work for you? Sure. So when I'm, I'm drafting, um, yeah, I'll get up and have breakfast um, and I'll kind of sit down and, and write. I don't usually work to a word count target, but sometimes I'll, I'll have it in my head. Like it'll be nice to get to 2000 words um, by the end of this day, but I don't kind of beat myself up about it. Um, if I'm having a hard day. Did you day, just say 2000 words as in you might actually write 2000 words in one day? Yeah, sometimes. That's, that's a good target. That's great. <laughs> fantastic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when I'm having like a hard day concentrating, like I think we all have those days where yeah. it's just um, – I do like to go to a, a cafe occasionally and mm. sit for two, three hours, how many hours I can get away with <laughs> um, at a cafe. You to buy lots of cups um, of tea, don't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> um, so because I really like the kind of buzzing background noise in cafes. Yeah. Um, and that really helps productivity. <laughs> yeah. mm. um, and I also go on lots of walks. Um, so going mm. on a long walk, I think, really helps. Um, you come back, you feel a lot more kind of productive. Yeah, fantastic. All right. So I, I just think that's fantastic and how prolific you are and you're only dedicating one proper day uh, per week. So tell us about um, – do you just start with a premise and start writing or do you actually know what's going to happen in the story? Like are you a plotter or a pantser? Um, I think I'm definitely a, a pantser, um, but mm. I do like generally start a story. Um, I'll have a premise and I'll kind of jot down a few points um, before I start writing. So I'll generally kind of know where I'm going or I'll at least know the first half and then when I'm kind of a quarter way through, I will have thought of the ending. Um, but I find like stories sit in my head for a long time before I actually write them. And mm. so that really helps with the kind of the planning process because I'm just thinking about them all the time, gen- often for a number of months before I actually write anything. So yeah, wow. by the time I get down to write, I'm, I'm really want to write the story. Um, so when they're sitting in your head and you're just thinking about them, and they're obviously brewing, at what point do you know, because as you said, you don't actually know the whole story before you start writing, you usually know the first yeah. half. At what point do you know, i got to get it out now? Um, I'm What's not the sure. trigger? <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, it is after they've been sitting there for a couple of months and I, I just feel ready, I think. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can kind of, I, 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 can, I can write it. Um, yeah it's just a feeling I guess of readiness it's also when I have time um I try to because I'm often working on a couple at once um so I try to I try to finish what I start um so yeah once I finish the next one then I'm like great time for this new story um but yeah I don't want because you know you get new stories in your head all the time and if you kind of sat down and wrote all those new stories you'd you'd never finish one so I try to commit to this writing before I all yeah, right, so in that case, you're right, you get new stories in your head all the time. Do you literally just let them sit in your head or do you write some notes so you don't forget what's in your head? 
I do have now a, a folder on my computer, like WIPs, <laughs> work yeah. in progress. Um, and so I, I've just been putting up a new Word document and literally writing down. It might only be a couple of lines just mm. of ideas just because, yeah, I am a bit scared. If I have a great idea, then I'll forget about it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's mostly, yeah, <laughs> that's the extent of my yeah, planning. <laughs> Have you had to do a lot of research for your books, um, particularly, I suppose, Figgy being in Ghana and, and stuff like that? Have you, Did you have to do a lot of research for that? Yeah, I actually lived in Ghana um, for a bit over three months um, mm-hmm. before I wrote Figgy, the Figgy books. I was, yeah, kind of volunteering over there and teaching at a school. Uh, mm. So I lived with a local family for that whole time. Mm. And um yeah, was obviously around kids all the time. Um, and yeah, I traveled a lot all over the country too. Um, so I really got, I think I, I got a good sense of Ghana from being there for that long and just kind of, yeah, soaking up the culture and everything. I also wrote journals. Um, I wrote in a journal while I was there, so I would write in it every single day for the entire time. Um, right. which was quite a commitment because some of my days were, you know, got up, went to school, <laughs> um, you know, saw a funny animal on the way and then then walked home. Um, but they were really useful once I got home because, um, yeah, just really helped bring back kind of the sights, sounds and smells, everything about Ghana and, and yeah. So, What do you think is the most challenging thing about writing? Um, As in what do you I, find the most challenging thing? Sure. I I sometimes find it hard um, when you're writing a book and you've been working on it for a long time and you kind of get to that stage at the end of the book where, you know, you're not sure if it's finished. I still Mm -hmm. have sometimes a lot of trouble kind of, you know, putting a full stop on it and saying that's done. Mm. Um, And it's particularly problematic also when you're you're writing a manuscript and you get to a point where you're like, I think there's a problem, but I don't know what it is. Um, So I found a solution to that. I just leave it for a couple of months and it generally, you know, coming back to it with with fresh eyes, you kind of see it in a different light and can solve the problem. But, um, yeah, that's what I find that like a little bit frustrating sometimes when you feel like you've hit a bit of a roadblock. <laughs> mm. And what do you find the easiest thing about writing? Um, it's probably just coming up with stories. Um, I I just, yeah, I, I love doing that. I love doing first drafts, um, just kind of getting a story out onto to the page. Um, mm. I, I really, really love that kind of process. I know some people find it that's the most horrible part, um, mm-hmm. but that's the part that, I really love and yeah, makes me really excited. Now you say you often have a couple of things going at once. So for example, Blossom's already out and then Figgy Takes the City is already written because it's coming out very soon. Yeah. What are you working on now? Um, so I'm working on a couple of other, um, middle grade novels. I don't like to talk about the too much before they're, they're sure. like, you know, out there cause I get superstitious, but one involves, mm-hmm. um, um, gymnastics. I did a lot of gymnastics when I was a, a kid. So right. yeah, that's what one of them involves. So I'm kind of drafting one, um, and, and kind of editing the other. Great. And so if, are there totally different topics or totally different? Worlds, um, yeah, so pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you're working yeah. on two things at once, 
How do you, is it hard to keep track or, or how do you then divide it? Oh, morning, I'll write the gymnastic one and in the afternoon, I'll write this other one. How do you actually, on a practical level, divide up how you spend your time? Sure. Um, it's kind of uh, more like a, more feeling, I suppose. Like with the with the gymnastics one, I, I'd previously, um, I wrote it and got some feedback and then I was sitting on that feedback for a while and then I felt ready to tackle the feedback I'd gotten and to really get in there and edit it. So um, so I'm really focusing on that one and leaving the other one I was drafting for a little bit. So right. it's just, yeah, what I feel, often it's what I feel enthusiastic about, um, mm-hmm. yeah, what I feel motivated to do. And I'm sure once I finish editing this, the one I'm doing now, I'll be so excited to go back to the other one and finish drafting it. So yeah, yeah I kind of go by what. I feel excited about because yeah, then I'll get the work done. <laughs> now you've, you've, you know, been successful as an author with your fourth book coming out, but cast your mind back to the moment you heard that your first book was going to be published. Can you remember what was happening at the time, what you were doing? Can you describe what your experience was and how you received it? Was it phone call? Was it email? And what did you think? Yeah, I was actually, um, I was doing some volunteer youth work in remote Western Australia um, in the Pilbara at the time. And I was staying in uh, one of the miners' dongers, the kind of like little caravans. Uh, So I had some Wi-Fi in there. And so I got an email from from Dean Blacklock um, saying that they wanted, they, you know, um, wanted the book. and, And it just seemed a bit kind of like, I was in another world because I was just away from home and I was kind of like, is this real? Uh, But then she was saying she wanted to have a phone call, but I don't think I had reception there. So, yeah. (laughs) So I went to youth program and I remember standing on a bridge um, on the play equipment (laughs) to ensure I had reception (laughs) and having the phone call. Um, But, yeah, it all felt very kind of like, (laughs) yeah, otherworldly just because I I wasn't home. but yeah, yeah, it was just so exciting. Um, but just even the prospect of having a book out there, even when the book came out, it was just, yeah, it's just never really that expected is, it. So. It's, it's so wonderful. And so when you did the course at the Australian Writers' Centre, what did the course do for your writing and your writing experience? Um, I think it just, it definitely motivated me to, I guess, maybe write a bit more towards publication um, to show mm-hmm. there were, you know, that it was possible to get your book published. I mean, I, I, I've never known anyone who had a book that was published. And so I kind of thought of authors as kind of far, far away creatures who <laughs> were very special. Um, and they were saying, no, it's, it's possible for, for normal people too. So it gave me kind of that push. And it also just showed me, I guess, um, lots of useful things about, you know, the basics of writing and, and how to structure a a novel. Mm. And did you ever imagine at the time that you ended, you would end up with four books and I'm sure that's, you know, only the start, there's plenty more coming out of you. I can tell. (laughs) Um, no, never, never. I, I never thought that that was even possible. Um, so yeah, it's all it's all been such a wonderful kind of ride and 
and journey. <laughs> What's been the most rewarding thing about being an author or, or, or the re- most rewarding thing about writing your novels? Um, I think it has actually been, um, and I didn't consider this when I wrote the books, but it's been the feedback from children um, mm. specifically. Um, it's just really lovely to get emails and letters from kids who really enjoy your books and particularly now Figgy in the World is studied in quite a few schools and so, mm. you know, I get lovely, lovely, lovely letters and emails from kids. So that's been, I think, yeah, the most rewarding and the nicest thing <laughs> about it, um, just knowing that kids enjoy it. <laughs> Wonderful. And finally, what's your advice for aspiring writers who hope to be in a position like you are one day with all these books published? Um. I think it's important to kind of write what you want to write. Um, Mm. So don't be kind of, um, don't be swayed by (laughs) what's trendy or (laughs) anything like that. Um, Because I think when you write, yeah, what you're passionate about, it it really kind of works well. Mm. Um, Yeah. And also don't get disheartened. Um, I think writing can sometimes be a, it can be kind of hard and you spend a lot of time, you know, by yourself in your own head. Um, and there's sometimes a bit of like disappointment when you don't really get it right. Um, but when you do get it right, it can, it feels really great. So yeah, just keep working at it. (laughs) Wonderful. And on that note, thank you so much for your time today, Tanzan. Thank you, Valerie. (laughs) There you go, Tamsin Janu. How amazing. And I think like one of the things I take my hat off to her is the fact that she's working four days a week and all oh. of this stuff that she's doing is is <gasps> from intense and focused work one day a week. Yes. I, it just goes to show you, doesn't it? It's like um, productivity is, I think it's a mindset as much as anything else. She yes. obviously is like, well, I can't do it these other days. I will do my thinking, my note taking, my whatever. And then that one day a week that I have, that I do have, I'm going to actually get this stuff done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And if you really want to do it, you'll make the time to do it. And I think that there are some people who say, okay, well, at least she has that one day a week. And that's true. But I'm reminded by when we interviewed Nigel Bartlett and he had a full-time job and I think still Mm. still has a full-time job and he dedicated his Sundays to to his novel and ended up with a fantastic novel. So I think one of the things that's very important is you don't find the time, you make the time. This is what I've learned from you, Al, Uh, certainly the phrase that I've learned from you, and I think it's so important. And I think Al has really got that covered in her course, Make Time to Write, because Al does 50,000 million things at the same time. I don't even know how she fits them all in, but somehow she fits them all in and is able to write book after book after book. So I think that she's the perfect person to be designing the course how to make time to write and if you want to find out more about Al's course where she will actually show you how you make that time to write in a step-by-step process I love the logical way she's laid it out and I think that the way the course is structured makes it really clear to people that you can make that time to write because Alison approaches it in in bite-sized doable things, doable actions that you can take in order to make time to write your own novel. So you can find out more at writercenter.com.au slash time. That's writercenter.com.au slash time. In the meantime, what are you doing, Al, in your very busy life? Till we meet again. 
Uh, well, I'm going to be writing things, obviously. Um, I'm also preparing because I've got a couple of things coming up at the moment. I'm going to be um, attending the um, Illawarra branch of the CBCAs having a um, a literary lunch next week um, for yeah. the kids in the area. So it's great. I've done it the last couple of years and you kind of go along and you sit with 10 kids and they decorate the table and, um, you know, we sit down and we talk about books and writing and they have a featured um, a featured author, author talk who I can't remember who that is this year, but it's not me, thank heavens. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but there's a whole bunch of authors that go and it's a really great day. So I'm heading off to that next week. So I'm preparing for that. And I'm also preparing for my um, – um, my uh, one-hour workshop at the uh, Writers Unleashed Festival in Sutherland, which is on the 19th of August um, at Gaimia Trades. I'll be going to Gaimia Trades and yep. I'm going to be doing a one-hour, very, very specific and intense workshop on making time to write. So there you go. Love it. Love the mm-hmm. Shire. That's, of course, the uh, Writers' Festival in the Sutherland Shire. Fantastic. So many mm-hmm. great authors going there, including Alison, including uh, fiction editor Kathy Tasker, who's with the Australian Writers' Centre as well. So you'll be able to meet up with quite a few fantastic authors at um, that festival. Mm-hmm. All right. That brings us to the end of this mini-sode. Uh, where do we find you online, Al? You will find me at alisontait.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I-T.com. You will find me on Twitter at at altait, A-L-T-A-I-T, and you will find me on Facebook and Instagram at alisontaitwriter. Wonderful. You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to connect with me on Facebook. I'm the Valerie Koo in Sydney. And, of course, you'll find any show notes here at uh, soyouwanttobeawriter.com.au. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writerscentre.com.au slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentre.com.au slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions and much more.